Welcome to the Record of Our Forebears podcast, and I'm your host, Roland Godet III, and with me today, as usual, is my wonderful wife, Renita and Don's niece, <laughs> Summer Godet. Hello, hello. So on Record of Our Forebears, we uh, discuss the stories of some of the dopest black folks that, may, that you may or may not have heard of. So grab a pen, grab some paper, or your note-taking, your note-taking app on your phone, and get ready to learn something new. So this episode, we're going to be talking about, we bring you two more people. One of them you probably have heard of, and the other one, I'm sure that 90% of people have never heard of. So you got Garrett A. Morgan and Maria Van Britton Brown. All right. So let's jump right into the great uh, black inventor, Garrett A. Morgan. So Garrett A. Morgan said, if you can be the best then why not try to be the best? So Garrett Augustus Morgan was born in 1875 or 1877, not really sure. And he was born in Paris, uh, Paris, Kentucky. And Paris, Kentucky was a, a city, it was, it's in the South, obviously, because it's below, you know, Cincinnati, which mm-hmm. we know that's where the, the goal of a lot of people going to underground was to get to Cincinnati, Ohio, and then mm-hmm. they can, you know, they were free because they were in the North, as long as they didn't get caught. Um, and Paris, Kentucky was a city in the South, but it was like a, a black city, or at least the area where he grew up in was like a black neighborhood. Mm. Um, his mother or his father was Sidney and mother Elizabeth Morgan. Um, both of his parents were formerly enslaved. His father was actually the slave and the son of a Confederate general, John H. Morgan. Wow. And his mother was a former slave and daughter of a man named uh, a Reverend a Reverend Garrett Reed. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a, it's a little dicey. But um, so he received just an Garrett received just an elementary school education, and he ended up leaving home at about fourteen years old, and found work in Cincinnati, which wasn't too far from where he was born, uh, as a mechanic. Um, by eighteen ninety five, he had moved to Cleveland, Ohio where he worked for several years uh, repairing sewing machines. Um, and in 1901, he received his first patent, where he, he invented a sewing machine belt fastener. I'm not even sure what that does. I tried to look it up to see what it was, mm-hmm. like what the belt fastener did. Mm-hmm. And I, it, I, maybe it was, the way that, uh, from, from what I read, the way that it was described, it's, it fastens like the pieces on the actual belt that you wear. But okay. as a part of the sewing machine. So the sewing machine was not just making the clothes. You can also, you need to create a belt. You got this part of the sewing machine that could create okay. that as well. So, okay. Um, in 1907, uh, Morgan established his very first business as a sewing, a sewing machine sales and repair shop. So he took what he learned in the sewing machine factory, mm-hmm. started his own business. And then he soon expanded uh, to tailoring and opened the Morgan Skirt Factory and employed more than 30 people. Wow. So his second major discovery, while he was working in his own, uh, the Morgan Skirt Factory, um, he was trying to reduce friction between the sewing needles and the woolen fabric. Mm. It was a lot of friction, you know, whenever they were trying to make clothes. And so he created some chemicals and the chemicals were supposed to smooth out the wool mm-hmm. so that the sewing, the needles wouldn't get caught, wouldn't be a lot of friction. What he found out was those chemicals actually straightened your hair, too. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. 
You know, I see you looking at me. He made a relaxer? Yes. A hair relaxer? Yes, he created a hair relaxer. Oh, my gosh. While he was trying to make... What? (laughs) While he was trying to create uh, some chemicals to stop the friction in his sewing machines and the the fabric. So, once he... Wow. Once he figured that out, in 1913, he formed the G.A. Morgan Hair Refining Cream Company. Yes. And began to sell hair products. Oh, my goodness. Like, light bulb moment. All of the pictures that I've seen of this man, he has, like, this super slick, straight back uh-huh. hair. Yep. Eureka. That's why. <laughs> he, was, he was testing it on himself. Wow. Yep. Okay, okay. That's why his hair was so straight like That's that. That's why it was so straight. <laughs> Okay. With the part in the middle? Yes. Yep. Okay. So during the same period, he was actually working on several different other projects. Like he always was tinkering. He was a tinkerer. No, I, always I just looking at what people's problems were mm-hmm. and saying, what can I do? Yeah. What can I invent to solve this problem? Problem solver. Wonderful. So one of the projects he was working on during that time period, uh, around the same time he started his company, uh, the, the second company, the hair product company, <laughs> um, he was working on a breathing device to protect firefighters from smoke inhalation. Mm -hmm. And he received, in 1914, he received a patent for the Morgan Safety Hood, which was a precursor to the modern day gas mask. Mm -hmm. And he tried to sell it. He would do demonstrations and was trying to sell it. People were kind of skeptical about it, partly because it seemed crazy at the time Mm -hmm. and he's black. They were a little skeptical about this guy. But on July 25th, 1916, some waterworking miners got caught in a tunnel underneath Lake Erie. And it was a lot of carbon dioxide under there, just chemicals. Uh, you know, mining was a very dangerous job. And the, the people at the company, at the Cleveland Waterworks, had no idea how to get them out. And they were just like, we can't let our people die mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. And so they came to Garrett A. Morgan and said, well, we heard you got this invention. You know, you ready to put it to use? He said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So him, uh, Garrett, his brother Frank, and then a random volunteer from the crowd who would say, you know what, maybe I trust this guy. Mm-hmm. They put the gas mask on. They were able to rescue several of the uh, survivors wow. of the of the accident that had them trapped down there. Amazing. So obviously that gave his invention a lot of publicity. <laughs> yes. And yeah, so he invented essentially a gas mask, mm-hmm. which was or the modern day version of that. Mm-hmm. So, which became helpful because in World War II, they started doing gas attacks. Mm. The Germans started doing gas attacks and the British started doing gas castings to the Germans. Mm-hmm. And an invention like that was very, very useful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So over the course of the next decade, um, he continued to invent just all types of things. Things that solved the everyday problems that he saw that were happening around him. So um, one day said he was out walking on the street maybe the home, maybe just enjoying the sun, the sunlight, the Sunday. And he looked and he saw a terrible accident between a car and a horse drawn carriage. (laughs) And he realized what we have to control the traffic is not great. Mm -hmm. So he improved on that design and created the precursor to the modern day traffic signal, Mm -hmm. a traffic signal that would give cautions when people were coming through the intersection um, tell people to slow down. So like how we have now with the red, yellow, uh, the red, yellow, green kind of system. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think it was red, yellow, green, but it was the same type of system where mm-hmm. right before you stop, it would tell you to slow down. Mm-hmm. Like how our yellow lights are. It's like just things that we take for granted now. Mm-hmm. Like you just imagine a day there was no, no traffic lights. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, just imagine a day where there's cars and horse drawn carriages driving the same <laughs> roads, which is a little crazy. 
But then um, imagine there's no traffic signal. So mm-hmm. you on your horse mm-hmm. and then uh, this newfangled thing, mm-hmm. like this old, you know, this new metal beast mm-hmm. comes and hits you. You're like, well, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I got something for that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there are places I know in Michigan that I've been to where I, you know, was behind, you know, someone on. Horse drawn, and they don't. You know, certain cultures still yeah, don't use. That's true. Uh, cars, so that is still something I can't imagine that being commonplace yeah. on every road. <laughs> you can um, imagine that being in Cleveland, Ohio. You've been to Cleveland; no, it's a big city. No, not in right. Cleveland. In a town, right? Yes, in a small in, town. In a small yeah. town, for sure. So, um, another thing that he invented was a woman's hat fastener. Because, you know, the wind would blow women's hats away. Mm-hmm. He invented something to keep it on their head. <laughs> he invented a the curling comb, you know, curling iron. Yeah, I know you oh know that. Gosh. Do we all know done, that. Getting your hair done in the kitchen. Thank you. If yep. it weren't for you, sir, no flat irons for any of us. Yes. Yes. Back in neck burn, <laughs> Gary Morgan. Wow. And he also invented a cigarette extinguisher. So I remember those. Yes. He invented that. Okay. I mean, they've kind of come and gone, but yep. I remember those. But at that time, it was a problem. Of course. You know, people be throwing, throwing their cigarettes out on the ground, probably mm-hmm. starting fires. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I got something for that as well. Wow. Yep. So he was also more than just an inventor. Um, he actually published a newspaper too. Um, and the newspaper was called the Cleveland Call. It was a weekly African-American newspaper okay. that he established in 1916. Okay. Um, he saw that the news that that his people in the city were needing to hear wasn't being reported in, you know, in Cleveland's regular, you know, in their main newspaper. Mm-hmm. So he said, you know what? I'll print the newspaper. I'll, I'll hire people to gather the news and we'll make sure that our people get the news that is important to us. And it was, a, like I said, it was a weekly newspaper. And actually in 1929 became the Cleveland Call and Post. And it still exists today. As an online publication, it's actually owned by Don King. Wow. Yep. Don King owns it. I went to the website and everything, and it's wow. still there. And we're posting like updated news and stuff, like mm-hmm. news stories, recent news stories. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yep. Which is pretty incredible. Um, he was an active member of the Antioch Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio, which is a church that still exists today. Still going strong. It mm-hmm. looks like, you know, I went to their website and, mm-hmm. you know, they are still going strong in the community there in, in Cleveland. And um, he was a member there from 1895 when he moved to Cleveland until his death in January uh, on January or excuse me, on July 27th, 1963. Um, many of his family members actually believe so. And at the end of his life, he had some very bad like health issues. Mm. And a lot of his family members believe that the health issues were brought on from exposure to chemicals while he was testing his mm-hmm. gas mask. Of course. And like he ended up going blind. Like it was it was really like the last 10 years of his life were really, really rough mm. because of those health issues. But man, Garrett A. Morgan, incredible. He's an incredible Amazing. an incredible dude. Incredible. You know. A word that I find, you know, myself saying often, you know, when we go through this historical journey is just like the audacity. Mm -hmm. Like, how dare you think that you will solve the world's problems um, knowing where your your position is in our society, Mm -hmm. like in the world. And um, it's just it's fantastic to me to just kind of say, like, 
these people didn't take their position or their place in society and they didn't allow that position to stop them right from from helping others right from being a servant to others like it's just amazing and look at how their sacrifice um was just a benefit and a blessing for generations to come. Mm-hmm. We're still reaping the benefits yep. and the blessings of their sacrifice and of their um, willingness to be able to to create and to serve and to help others. Yep. Amazing. Yep. Amazing. Still building on their foundation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without them. Just wow. Garrett A. Morgan. I didn't know he did all of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. He's a beast. Amazing. What you got for me? Okay. So I would like to um, share a little bit about Marie Van Britten Brown. Now, I've seen pictures of this woman when uh, February rolls around and it's Black History Month. And um, and I'm like, oh, who is that person? You know, for years, I'm, who is she? And I'll read and I'll never go any further than like that one sentence, you know, kind of line of who who she is and what she did mm-hmm. like right um but this is really really amazing so maria uh marie van britton brown excuse me really is a name like you said that we can kind of almost guarantee that most of those listening to this podcast have never heard of mm-hmm. um, but what she and her husband albert brown invented you would definitely recognize. Mm-hmm. I mean, your children would definitely recognize. Oh, absolutely. Probably like your toddlers would recognize. Um, do you have a doorbell camera? If you can answer yes to this, mm-hmm. um, you know, the one that like the camera. And I mean, like the one that has the um, the video, you can see the person at your mm-hmm. door yep. without having to physically go to your door or you could be on an airplane or yeah, on an island. Home. You don't have to be home. You have yeah. to be at home. Um, and so um, my next question is, is that camera also connected to like a wider system, right? Mm-hmm. That allows you to unlock the door mm. with the push of a button or to alert the police, fire, EMTs with the push of a button. Okay. Okay. If so, then you have to thank this Woman. So Marie Van uh, Britton Brown was born in Queens, New York on October 22nd, 1922. There's not a lot of information known about her upbringing apart from the fact that both of her parents were black and from the northeast, uh, eastern part of the country. Now, her father was from Massachusetts and her mother um, was from Pennsylvania. So at some point in her 20s, she met and married Albert Brown. Now, he was an electrician and they moved to uh, the 135th Avenue in Jamaica, Queens, New York. Brown worked as a nurse. Yes, Queens. Brown worked as a nurse and, of course, as, uh, as a just stated her husband was an electrician. So if you're in that profession or if you know anybody in those professions, you don't always have the normal working mm-hmm. hours, right? A lot of times they're working and we're asleep, right? Yep. Um, so many times they, would, they wouldn't they would be at home at the same time. And so Marie sometimes would be home alone and oftentimes at night. Mm. Now the neighborhood where they lived had a high crime rate and the police would neglect to respond to their calls, you know, uh, for emergency in their neighborhood. And they would 
you know, as opposed to like the white neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when they got those calls. And so we can go through a whole discussion about, you know, yep. black migration and how many African Americans they were pushed into the ghettos, those mm-hmm. ghettos that were left by many white immigrants yep. who were able to move out of, of a lot suburbs, of those neighbors yeah. to the suburbs. Um, and so, yes, there was a lot of crime because there was a lot of poverty. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but problem solvers, the Browns decided to invent the first home security system. They said, we'll solve it, solve the problem for ourselves because we're not getting the help that we need. Mm. Now the security system was the basis for uh, the two-way communication and surveillance features of modern security, right? Now, we have this system at our own home, right? Yep, stuff that we just take for granted because yeah. it's just in the house. Because it's just in the house, you yeah. know, it's second nature at this point. Um, but the original invention was comprised of peepholes, a camera, monitors, and a two-way microphone. I mean, my mind is blown right yep. now. If you all just like <laughs> what, um, just to, to learn these origins of mm-hmm. what we take for granted, right? Now the final element was an alarm button that could be pressed to contact the police immediately. Wow! Now there are three peepholes, and they were placed on the front door at uh, different heights, right? Very, various, um, various height levels. Now the top one was for a tall person. The bottom was for children. Um, and the middle was for anyone like of average height. Now at the opposite side of a, a door camera was attached um, with the ability to like kind of slide up and down to allow the person to see through. Each each people. That's crazy. Yeah, just amazing. <laughs> like, what is happening here? Just the um, mechanics of that. I'm like trying to imagine like the mechanics behind what will allow the camera to slide mm-hmm, up and down. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Now the camera picked up images that will reflect on the monitor via a wireless system. Crazy. And then that monitor could be placed in any part of the house to allow you to see who's at the door. Uh, there was also a voice component to enable Brown to speak to the person outside. If the person was perceived to be an intruder, the police would be notified with the push of a button. Right. We have these features in our modern, you know, tech yeah. right now. We got that at home. Yes, we, we have, have it at home. little thing with the little yes, button yes. with the police shield on yes. it that we can press and contact the police. Of course. Now, if the person was a welcome or expected visitor, right, the door could be unlocked via remote Control. So Marie and Albert Brown, they filed for a patent on August 1st, 1966, under the title Home Security System Utilizing Television Surveillance. Crazy. So they had a smart home. Yes. In 1966. They had a smart home then. That's crazy. Right. That's and it is incredible because it's like, hmm, had they been white, maybe more families would have had access mm-hmm. to this. Even then, right yep. now it's commonplace. But, you know, what happens to that patent that they filed that, mm. you know, that's sitting there. Yep. So their application, it was approved a few years later um, on December 2nd, 1969. And Brown's invention gained her well-deserved recognition, including an award from the National Scientist Committee and an interview with The New York Times um, later that year. Oh, now, man. the Brown's patent has been referenced by over 20 other inventors 
including some as recently as 2013. I will not say the brand names. I will not say the companies, but if you have one of those at home, you know who referenced. Listen, the one that you probably, the one that you probably have at your house. Yes. Their system is based off of their system. I I went to the patent page and they reference. You can see Maria Van Britten Brown's. Yes. And her husband's invention. For multiple, right? Um, and, and, and we can see them. You all can go on Google. We yep. did. You can go and look. Yep. Um, but Maria Van Britten Brown uh, died on February 2nd, 1999. Right. So she's she lived well into like our modern, you know, mm-hmm. well, many of us were born right to our timeline. And she died in Queens, New York. She did not leave. Um, and she was 76 years old. So, again, remember Marie Van Britten Brown. I apologize because I messed up her name, but it's kind of a, a tongue twister for me. Um, Marie Van Britten Brown again, yeah. amazing. Yeah, Marie Van Britten Brown is incredible, mm-hmm. and just the idea that between like her and and uh, Garrett, Garrett and Morgan, Morgan, they looked at problems that existed in society or existed personally with mm-hmm. them. Like maybe mm-hmm. the Van Britten, uh, the Browns weren't looking at everybody's house, mm-hmm. looking to secure their house, but they mm-hmm. were like, I'm, she was like, I'm home late at night mm-hmm. by myself and went to her husband, who's an electrician mm-hmm. and said, Hey, we need to do this. And mm-hmm. he was like, cool. Let me put my skills to work mm-hmm. to help you get this invention that this idea that you have mm-hmm. to help you do this. And they solved the problem. That they had a major problem. Yeah. Again, like I said, just looking at their circumstance, mm-hmm. these two working class people should have been afforded the opportunity to live in the suburbs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to be able yep. to do that, and we can think about or to mi- be or to be protected by those who are to, supposed to come and, and respond very, to emergencies. Very good. Yes, to even respond they, to those emergencies. Even if they didn't want to move out to the suburbs, even if they didn't, because we are. Um, we are part of society. We're contributing and giving back to mm. society. We are uh, model citizens. But because we know of issues of racism and prejudice and, mm-hmm. you know, especially we're looking at at that time in the 60s, 66, we know different civil rights acts and laws were being passed. Mm-hmm. But people were forced, specifically African-Americans, people of color were forced into neighborhoods that they know where where they know they would be robbed or, you know, they wouldn't be able to live securely mm-hmm. because of practices that should not have been right. Yep. Housing discrimination and things of that sort. Yep. And even in this case where the people who are supposed to protect you choose not to. Yep. Right. So, but again, amazing. Again, the audacity. How dare you say, I am going to police and take care of my own self and my own household Mm -hmm. and I can do it better and a better job than, you know, what has been given to us. So just amazing. Amazing. You got two inventors that came up with just ideas that move society along that the foundation of things that we still use and take for Mm -hmm. granted today were built on. Just we don't think about. Like I never, you know, before learning about Garrett A. Morgan, and I remember learning about him as a kid, but mm-hmm. before learning about Garrett A. Morgan, I never thought about a gas mask and where it came from. But then to think of a time, there was a time where if there was some type of gas accident, the people just had to die. Like mm-hmm. there was no rescuing them mm-hmm. because if you go down there, you're going to add to the to the victim total. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was just... If they died, they died. Yeah. And we've seen that. Yep. We've seen documentaries yep. of towns, right? Yep. 
being wiped out. Yep, um, because of gas. Because of gas. Yep. Uh, and then gas if, leaks. And then if, you know, there's no traffic lights. Like, I can't even think of a time where there was no traffic. Even, I've been in small towns. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's one traffic light, but it's one. Like, I can't think of a time where it was just none. Mm-hmm. And horses and cars, you know, mm-hmm. cars are new. And <laughs> some people had the money for that. Uh-huh. And then... You know, we got security systems all in our house. We got several different companies, mm-hmm. you know, to overlay the different types of things that yeah, we want to do in our, our house. Mm-hmm. And there was a time where that wasn't a, that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And somebody said one person had an idea and was like, you know what, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And two people went and got a patent because they just had an idea. It was like, we want to be safe. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're going to do. I'm just amazed that they have the patent, that they were able to get it. We, we do know that there are so many inventors who um, either were unable to get a patent, mm-hmm. were stopped. Someone else took their invention. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, we have the record. And we're just so excited to be able to share the record with you all. Absolutely. So thank you for listening once again. Thank you for joining us. Join us next time where we'll bring you two other people or maybe some different topics. And we hope you continue to get familiar with us. Peace. Bye.